amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design T-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise, and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to AnfieldIndex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Nina Kowser Show. You know what? I got that good feeling back again. You know, that team Burnley, they they ended our home run, so it was good to stick it to them today. And with a packed Anfield as well. My God, it's the simple things that you take for granted. And speaking of simple things that you take for granted, I have a stellar, stellar, stellar panel lined up for you guys. And I'm so excited. First up, I'm going to introduce a guy that kind of kept me sane last season and he was a huge part of of the Nina Kauser show and you know with his insight and just making me feel positive he doesn't need an introduction but I'm going to give him one it's Dave Horrocks welcome back Dave hey there Nina it's great to speak to you again and thanks for having me on and yep can't argue with how we've started here it was a bit up and down last year wasn't it but all good so far are we you know just when you thought you're gonna get out they pull you back in and you know that Alison Becker had it you know um, uh, memories 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 and um, it's great to have Dave back and you know what I was speaking about you know taking things for granted I have not podcasted with this dude in forever it's an honor to have him back he's going to be a familiar voice I'm sure you've heard him many a times he's awesome it is Shri Shri welcome back Hey Nina, good to be back. It almost feels like Firmino in front of Anfield, right? You know what? I was actually thinking about you being the guest and I was like, man of the match is coming up and if he starts boarding <laughs> me about picking Firmino, we're going to have words. So I, I've already, I'm, I'm 
got a defense already lined up for your offense because you know i think we all know you like to take the piss out of me guys welcome back both of you it's been awesome um before we start kicking off and start talking about the show i think we're going to get our first caller on because you know it is i'm sure he's dying to speak to you two gents not me obviously he hates me it's gags tandon <laughs> welcome back gags how you doing all Another win, start the season, two wins in a row. It doesn't get much better than that, does it? It doesn't, Gags, it doesn't. I don't know why everyone's so quiet. Is it too early for you guys? What is, is going you know? on? It's only half two. Everyone just wants to be quiet, but it's fine. <laughs> I think, I, I mean, first and foremost, there's, there's, a, there's quite a lot of um, performances you'll probably end up talking about. But I think we should talk about the left-back, Costas. Uh, yeah. Cost us first. Cost us absolutely nothing. Producing all the goods. Um, I just, yeah, Simicast. Cost us Simicast. So, at the end of the day, what a performance, man! I mean, last week he was he was putting some great crosses in, um, but today, just superb. Uh, great first goal. Great assist. Really good crossing, and also showing some steel as well. Some fight when he was down and hurt towards the end. One of the biggest. Cheers was for him when he when he fought back and fought up and really basically pushed through um, three or four players and, and, and won the ball back. I think it was it was a great performance from him, and he you know he's he's shown. I think everyone is a little bit more calmer about the left back position now, and it, you know every Liverpool fan should be at least because we've got a decent uh, rotation option for. Robertson now and we don't have to flog Robbo so Robbo can be and also this will light a fire up Robbo's ass I was thinking he, that but he got yeah. really angry when he saw that assist like because he's going to be like I'm competing against forget Trent I'm now competing against Simicast Robbo's going to be like what the fuck I've got like two fullbacks to, to sort out now or at least get assists against and you know there's just things in the game Simicast's touch uh, just done really good. Re- just the whole thing was was excellent from him at the end of the day. I have a question, guys, before we actually go to our panel. Now, obviously, last season you spoke about flogging Robbo, and of course he was overplayed last season, as were many players. And I think with all the injuries and stuff, I think I'm really interested with regards to Costas last season because a lot of people obviously saw very little of him. So actually, it's it's open to all the panel. Actually, whilst we're all here, let's all talk about this. Last season, was it a case of? He's too new. I don't want to throw him in into a makeshift defence just so he gets pretty much hung out to dry by, you know, fans, critics, everything in general. Or was it a case of him sort of finding his rhythm and maybe not I quite ready to many, too many, um too many too many injuries and COVID mm. and all of that stuff just and he and he must not have been feeling it in training either. He must not have, because otherwise he would have played. He must not have just felt it. Because I think he got injured straight away when he played in Europe as well. Mm. With Jota, same game. I think he got injured in there. So he must have just had such a, a topsy-turvy season. And then at the, end of the, at the end of the season, Klopp couldn't risk with how bad it was going. Why would you throw him to the Wolves? You know, he would just have... would have just felt really... You know, I don't think he just wanted to put him in there and it all go wrong last season for him. But now it's a fresh start. The squad's all back together. He's got Verge next to him. You know, he's got Ali behind him. Hopefully, you know, he would have had Fab in front of him as well to help him and, and all those things. And he's got Naby as well. So 
you know, people who know the system have played the games with it. I mean, Nambi's not played loads, but he's been in and around the squad so long he knows how the team plays, what he does and what his role is. Now he's changed as well. I'm sure you'll talk about Nabi later, so I won't go too much in there. But Costas himself, you know, five chances created in the game. He's got an assist. Uh, it just, you know, that's that's lovely. Lovely to see. 71 touches in the game. To be honest, the two highest rated players were, were Trent and him. And I know a lot of people inside the the Discord chat. If you're not in Discord, why not? I'm for the com forward slash Discord. Get in there, man. And um, I think I think a lot of people were saying, including myself, Trent didn't have the best game in the first half. At least he was getting hammered by um, McNeil, but he played better second, and he really, really, you know, had him. I think there was not many duels between them, but he came out came out winning on most. And and you know, Trent's eight chances created and an assist as well. So the fullbacks today. 13 chances created between them. Proper on it, man. Proper on it. And like those two in this app that I've got now, FootMob or whatever it is, those two seem to be the highest rated players and Trent the man of the match. So not much between them. Uh, I'm sure you'll talk about the Trent assist too. But yeah, stick to Costas in this one. I thought he was brilliant and just a fantastic option now, Nin, to have in the squad. Absolutely. I mean, he does look sleep deprived, but the boy was really, really on it. <laughs> Some people naturally have bags, man. Chill. I'm, I'm sure they do, but anyone that's of my age bracket, I, I think Dave is quite similar. I don't know. We'll see if he gets the reference. Do you remember back in the 90s, um, I had all the siblings and they all went to secondary school and there was a certain jacket that was banned and it was called the Spliffy Jacket. A character called Spliffy. <laughs> it's lost on me, that one. Oh, shit. Maybe I am just too young for you. But anyway, um, just Google Spliffy and you, I can't unsee it. It's the hair and everything. Tall, thin. But anyway, let's talk about him. Yeah, guys, absolutely. He is a, he's, he's a fantastic option to have now. And we can take a little breather from Robbo as well. And Dave, I'll, I'll come to you first on this one. What really impressed you about about um, Shimikas because he did have an incredible game and guys kind of alluded to Nabiketa and I think Elliot as well you know there's certain things you know those were kind of like your unsung heroes in the game but for me Shimikas just looks so good in an attacking sense and in, in, a, in a defensive sense as well but for me it was it was more the fact that I when Robbo gets injured and it was Milner that was playing you kind of saw like a sort of a more assured but a slower kind of player maybe less involved in the attacking sense and for me, that wasn't lost with Costas today. Yeah, and when we brought players in in the past, and I'm going to say in the past, like let's say the last 10, 20 years, mm. the, the, when you have to dip into the squad, the first team does take you know a little bit of a dip. And I, I guess I'm, up until today, hand on heart, I never thought Simicast was that player that we saw today. I'd heard good things about pre-season. We had a chat last season about this as well, didn't we? Like, why isn't he playing? What's going on? Yeah, I remember. Yeah. And I think Gags just made a great point, actually, because obviously the centre-back situation was pretty much the biggest thing for us last year, wasn't it? And maybe the fact that, you know, you've got, you're mixing and matching with centre-backs, playing midfielder at centre-back, probably just keeping Robbo and Trent on the full-back positions is probably seems like the safest thing so I think the injuries resulted in him stop starting there's learning you know you're playing with your teammates training with your teammates as well and and so I think I was starting to question 
whether you know this was just going to be one of those signings that it just never quite works out and they'll move on. Uh, Kevin Davis, um, or Ben Davis rather. <laughs> and, um, but no, I'm, I'm so impressed with everything. The uh, obviously he's attacking. We had more of the ball, so in the attacking sense, I thought he was great. Defensively, he looked great. He's a little bit bigger, isn't he? Just physically, he's more of a presence than Robbo. I still think, you know, he'd do well to displace Robbo at all, but what a fantastic option. And it feels to me like that moment where you could see he was having trouble with his shoulder and he's fighting about five Burnley players for the ball. That felt like one of the moments where fans just fall in love with the player. With Robbo, it was uh, it was that chasing down, it's that pressing for the Man City game. And uh, this felt like one of the moments. So I was really, really delighted for him, uh, but also for us. You know, we've got a real player there. We absolutely have. And Shri, I'm going to come to you. Do you think Robbo's been giving him lessons in shithousery? (laughs) (laughs) Not quite. Uh, But uh, in terms of Simikas, personally, having seen him before, uh, I was hoping he would play. But I think what Gag said is already we had too many changes to handle last season so i don't think he wanted to put in one more change unless needed and obviously he he was also having covid we don't know exactly whether that was also cause for it maybe he wasn't even fit enough to play could be a reason but yeah he looks a proper player as klopp would say in this moment uh, but uh, i think the advantage is also that with van dijk and matip coming in we we again have reverted to the higher line, which means the fullbacks are starting literally near the half line. Gives him more opportunity to attack and his crossing is good, allows Mane to go in. So actually creates more with. So we, if we, I constantly saw our fullbacks alternating, like Simikas would be wide, then if you see the assist also, Trent actually cut in. It, like it's, it's almost the move Cancelo does every game where he's actually a fullback but cuts in and almost comes as a second eight, you could say. He cuts in and the assist came from that. I think it's also giving us options with his crossing being good. He can stay wide, Mane can come in. But few times, at, even in the last game, we saw Chimikas cutting in and coming into the midfield. I think it's a, it's an option we should explore, especially where we have to constantly keep varying a width and the shape. So he's a definite option. I don't. Uh, I personally always felt he was... Very good, in fact, to be a uh, second full uh, second option. I think he can easily be started at a lot of clubs. So, uh, quite quite happy with him. I, I don't personally see the need to rush Robber, but obviously Chelsea is is a way different game compared to what uh, Burnley or Norwich have opened. But it's back three again. We are going to play back three, so it's going to be interesting what we will do. It will be. And you know what, Sri? I'm going to quickly stick with you whilst we are speaking about Kostas because you just made a really interesting point. You said he would start, you know, like he's too good to be like a second. And obviously, Robbo is pretty much tried, tested, trusted. So in terms of from a tactical and a managerial point of view, how do you kind of keep both happy and Kostas sharp in in this scenario like will it be a case of um game management for certain teams you play costas and give robo a, a rest as gags was alluding to in terms of you know not over playing robo that would be ideal uh, simikas keeps getting games but i'm not very sure with club because i i'm not 
I'm not. We have not seen with Robert at least. Maybe it was the question of whether there was no option before, so he couldn't rotate. But we have never seen Robert being rotated at all. So I, I'm not very convinced it's going to happen. It's quite clear. Klopp prefers the settled back for the back four, which basically gave us the title and the title chase. I, I'm not very sure he's going to change unless needed. Maybe say in, if in the Champions League we qualify with three games in or four games in. Obviously, I think th- those are two games he's going to get. Cup runs are definitely going to happen. But again, Klopp is never the one for cups, so I'm not sure what. The only thing is, I think we have reliable backup centre backs like Konate and Gomez are going to play. Uh, obviously, the right back is a problem, but at least three of the four are going to be very good. That we actually could have decent cup runs with because we have a proper left back. We have two good centre backs who can, who are starting level centre backs. You could say I I don't see why can't we have a good cup run as well. Nina, you're on mute. I was on mute. Such a professional. Thank you, Dave. That's going to stay in because I think the world needs to know just how much you guys help me out on this show. I own the fact that I need assistance. Dave, I said I was going to come to you and I'd like to get your thoughts on, on this conundrum as well because obviously you've, you know, you, you've seen very positive and from what you've seen, you're really liking me. I didn't watch him an awful lot of preseason, but from what I saw on Twitter, he, he did really well in preseason as well. So, I mean, with what, Shree just said there, I mean, does it look like it's going to be more sort of cup games for him? Because again, I mean, Robbo, because we've just seen him play, 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 play. I mean, like, if we stop and start him, would that disrupt his rhythm as well? It's hard. I don't, yeah. I, I think, to be honest, to keep them both happy, you, you play them in different games, not just the cup games. I think there's a case, you know, if we have two league games in a week, there's a case to play 1-1 game one uh, the other in the second game I think we just need to keep winning games that's how we keep them both happy um you know we're going to play more games we could see last year I think you know Robbo's engine is is phenomenal but (laughs) you could see he was definitely leggy uh towards the end especially Mm. and you know I think he does need that competition you know he he's all he, he very rarely has a stinker of a game um, but you can see when he's properly on it and when, you know, he is a little bit leggy. So I think it's a brilliant option to have. And we saw last year, obviously, what can happen when our uh, when specific uh, areas of the field for us get uh, decimated with injuries, how, you know, weak the squad suddenly looks. And I think having two great left-backs is just a, a position we haven't been in for a, a while. So... It does feel a little bit odd, and you're thinking, well, if Simicast plays, let's let's say he starts the next three games and then gets dropped and doesn't play for the next six or whatever, will he start to get fed up? But I think there's going to be plenty of games. That, from what I've seen from the first two games, you know, it, it, this is I'm feeling positive about this season, and there's going to be plenty of games for both of those two to play. Watch this space, right? Because I was, uh, I wanted to get Gags on on the call because I know he's a he's a busy guy, and you know I'm scared of him. I'm just gonna like own it on this pod. Let's kind of talk about the lineup. And Sheree, I'm gonna come to you because um, you know there was um, it was a bit of a kind of there's some names being mentioned, and of course we all um we all know that Fabinho couldn't play, and you know thoughts with him and his family. You know his father passing away, just awful. So you know we knew that was you know he wasn't gonna feature. 
Um, talk to me about the team lineup. I mean, you know, we saw a bit of Naby Keita. I like that. He played really well last week. And, you know, Harvey Elliott, you know, youngster. Um, talk to me, uh, the team lineup. Um, were you happy with it? Because I think there's always, I think people are much calmer now, but back in the day, I think people used to get really riled up about the team lineup. And of course, Henderson started as well. So, your thoughts on the lineup? Yeah. Uh... To be honest, we lost three midfielders this game. So Ox was out, Milner was out, Fabinho was out. So obviously three people go out of the lineup. Uh, so we managed to replace, and it's I think it's at least apparent now. I don't know whether it's a game specific policy, but looks to be Elliot is above Curtis now. At least in mm-hmm. terms of the picking order, looks to be that he is more first choice. He's suited to that right side of the triangle which we play in the midfield. So yeah. Uh, Three, I think four changes. I don't know how early they could have planned for these. Klopp, I think three match said that Milner's was a very slight knock. According to Milner, it wasn't an injury, but the medical team didn't give a go ahead. So I'm not very sure they knew. Maybe it was a late fitness test. So I'm assuming changes would have come in late. So I think again the only other interesting thing was I thought maybe Firmino would start instead of Yota, who started the last game, but. Uh, no no specific negative reason to not start. I think in terms of the resources available, we went with the best 11, I would say. Cool. And uh, what about you, um, Dave? What did you make of the team lineup? You did say we've got like a little chat group and you did say you were really excited to see um, Elliot get his... his um, his start because I think he, he impressed so much last season. I think a lot of people had an eye on him in, in the championship. So, um, uh, sorry for, for, um, Blackburn. Um, so I'd like to get your thoughts on, uh, you know, Elliot starting and, you know, Klopp giving the youngster, um, you know, the go ahead. I think the first thing is I was really surprised. Um, this kid looks different gravy to me. He looks like he's, he does have that something special, but I thought he was still quite a way off the first team. It's different when, you know, he played um, the cup games, you know, a couple of cup games for us, didn't he? The one against Villa, he showed flashes of what he can do. Obviously, he did quite well at Blackburn last year, but that's really different from stepping into a first team starting position with Liverpool. So I, I was just surprised to see him on there. And I thought, well, okay. That is a brave decision. You've got other players, the likes of Jones on there. We've got more experience with him. But clearly Klopp's got belief in him. And you're always hoping, you know, that he gets a good first few touches, gives himself a little bit of confidence. So I was slightly nervous for him for that. But then he stepped into that position and he just looked like he'd been playing there all his life. He was just, he played really well for me. And I just think, it's hard to think this guy is 18 and I think he's just going to get better and better. You know what's so crazy though? I've conditioned myself to believe that he's 16 all the time. I was saying it today, he's only 16 and I had to get corrected. I know he's 18, he ages Nina. Fun fact, you know, he's, he, it is absolutely crazy. And Sheree, um, talk to me about um, Elliot in terms of what really impressed you about him today. Because for me, you know, when he first sort of, um, he featured him, and of course, you know, so he's a kid, so you're going to watch him. You're not critical, you just want to watch him. You want to see him in the first team. You want to see how he gets about. And I did the same with Curtis Jones. You just get really excited about these youngsters without putting too much pressure on them. And, you know, for me, for the first 10 minutes, you know, he was 
he was making those runs, but sometimes, you know, the, the pass wasn't great or he was, you know, not anticipating it as well. And that is all to be expected. But as the game went on, he just grew and grew and grew and very nearly got an assist as well. And I was like smiling like a Cheshire cat. Of course, the last goal got ruled offside because those stupid lines are back again for Liverpool games. Who knew? But he had a really, really good game for somebody so young. Yeah, uh, let's let's not forget it's a new position. I know he's had a pre-season, but obviously... Eight seems to be the position they have uh, fixed. Maybe I don't think they feel either he's not quick enough or he's not powerful enough to play on the right. So, obviously, I'm not sure. But, yeah, we we have played him as a number eight. Again, as you said, I think first 45, 60 minutes, not the greatest. But I think the last 30 minutes, he was phenomenal. And uh, I think the another positive compared to all the game... Uh, Gameplay, his touches, skills, everything is—it's good to have our own Grealish, like who will win some ten thousand fouls again. So it's good to have that option. We obviously he's going to get near the box, so it sets up Trent as an option for set pieces. I'm just looking forward to him winning a lot of free kicks. To be honest, Danny doesn't even cost a fraction of the price as well. You know, uh, happy days indeed. And, and he uh, wears shin pads. I hope. Yes, we hope, we hope. Um, okay, um, is there anything else you'd like to say? Say about Elliot, I mean, do you kind of now, kind of a bit alert to him? now and thinking hang on a minute if moving themselves this should be played i mean i want to get your thoughts on this that's the only way that you I, evolve i and think grow. he's going to be one of the guys where we can easily give him say we can bring him on tight games where either we have we are one up that the opposition needs to attack you use him in the midfield to create chances break the lines with uh, obviously if you see the chance even the goal with salah scored and eventually ruled out came out of nowhere the pa uh, it was just it was timed perfectly from his point of view. The problem was with Salah, obviously, in terms of uh, slightly moving ahead. But I think games where we are just one goal ahead, he's a worthwhile option to bring in, say, around 60, 65 minutes. Give him 25 minutes. I, I, He will create chances. There's no doubt. Tight games, he's definitely an option on the right. Because it's quite clear Nabi Keita seems to have taken over the Wijnaldum role. We'll come on to that maybe next. But I think that opens up the third midfielder. Both Thiago and Elliot could play that verticalization role, which we look for breaking the lines from midfield in terms of the passing. I think that's definitely an option, especially if some games Thiago goes into the number six late in the game where we'll just hawk position like 90% or something. Very interesting, Shri. And Dave, I'll come to you. I mean, you've, you've heard the thoughts what Shri just said there as well. And, you know, there's definitely, I mean, I'm thinking about how we kind of incorporated, you know, um, Jones into this team and I remember it was the season we won the league and you know Klopp would bring him on when you know the game was pretty much you know done we were like tuning up so let the player go out and enjoy himself I mean how do you see Klopp bringing this kid into the mix as well and of course we know Thiago he's incredible but I mean last season wasn't much to go off but maybe max you might get 20 games out of him in a season so I mean, I'd like to get your thoughts in terms of how we keep this fresh and, you know, doesn't look like we've significantly lost something because there's nothing worse than being a Liverpool fan where you're starting 11 with starting 11 and you looked at that bench and it was uninspiring, which was not the case today because I was really impressed with that bench. 
Yeah, you look at the bench, you've got like Gomez, Canate, Thiago, yeah. Firmino. It's like, bloody hell. Uh, that was an impressive bench. I think with Elliot, I, Klopp's already surprised me by throwing him in there. I mean, he, he could have started Thiago. Um, you know, that was that was an option for him. And then bring Elliot on as an option. So I think it must give the lad a lot of confidence. Shree makes a great point about Grealish because Grealish was the player I was thinking when <laughs> he was getting chopped down, Elliot, in that first half especially. He seems to be able to hold the ball very closely and draw those fouls in. And so, you know, again, very silky player there. If you'd have asked me before today, you know, how is he going to use Elliot? I'd have said, definitely cup games. You know, he'll have a few cameos here and there, come out. Come on when the game is effectively won or over, you know, and that's it. It'll it'll be next year or the year after when we'll see more of Elliot. But the fact that he started him today, and I know we've got our injuries in midfield, but um, I think it's a massive vote of confidence for the lad. And so I think if everyone's fit, obviously he doesn't get in the first team there, but I think he's done his chances no harm at all. And I think he'll maybe... 20-ish games, I think you're right there, Nina. That's probably on the order that I'd be looking for for this season. But um, you've got to be impressed with how he, he sort of steps up there. And I know, I guess my expectations as someone who's coming into the team like this at that age, my expectations are automatically lower. So if he gives away the ball a little bit or does something like that, you know, it, it doesn't quite do what you'd expect a season pro to do. I'm completely okay with that. Luis Garcia used to drive me nuts um, when he when he used to lose the ball a lot in the mid-2000s, but then he'd pop in a great goal. So I think for Elliot, already he's probably uh, further on than where I thought he'd be. Um, and yeah, I, I think probably one or two seasons, you know, he's already got his first 90 minutes. And I just think if he can carry on playing like that, He's got a real shout to cement his place. He has, absolutely. And whilst you were talking there, I was just thinking about, you know, um, it's that silly season again, isn't it? Transfer window and, you know, everyone's urging everyone to sign players. And, you know, Liverpool fans are no different. And, you know, FSG do get a fair bit of pelters. So I don't know if Liverpool are going to spend or not going to spend. But if you've got players like Elliot and you've got these players, then you have to use them. If you're not going to buy someone, then you have to incorporate them. Otherwise, you will regress and you will fall behind. So, you know, uh, you know, that's another thing as well. Maybe he's thinking, if I've got this youngster who's got this talent, maybe I should use him a bit more. You know, that's not saying Liverpool should not invest. I'm all about buying players, but buying the right players. And I think, you know, Edwards already does that and the recruiting staff. But if you've got these youngsters that are talented, then use them. If if we don't have the, the you know, the, the cash flow, like the Man Cities and the Chelsea's and the PSG's, which we clearly don't, even the United, we are, you know, so behind them. So if you've got these young, exciting players, then you know what, let's let's turn them into, you know, world-class players. And, you know, Jurgen Klopp is, is not shy of doing that. You know, he has experience. Guys, um, let's... Shri, I'm going to come to you. You wanted to talk about Naby Keita, so I'm going to come to you. Let's talk to me about Naby Keita and the Wijnaldum role. And, you know, which, which sounds like a bit of a... 
I don't know. Um, you know, it, it sounds a bit bizarre because you were speaking about the most available player in Ginny Wijnaldum, and you know, and the player that's having to do that is um, Navigator. Nothing, nothing. Absolutely, you cannot say a bad word about how he plays. I think he impresses everyone, but it's the availability. And from what I've noticed now, Klopp is trying to manage his minutes from the two games. So talk to me about that, because that's quite interesting. Yeah, I, I think he's had really solid two games. One, obviously, mm-hmm. it's almost it's, it's a shame that we're saying two games, he still remained fit. I know it's a running joke, uh, but still, touch wood, two good games, two solid performances. I think, oh no, I was also going to add in maybe Curtis goes into his backup role of uh, Naby's backup role, maybe Curtis plays on this side going forward, considering we have our options of Thiago, Harvey Elliott, Henderson could play there, Ox could play there, maybe Curtis is the backup for uh, Naby. But coming to Naby, solid solid performance, off the ball, great. Uh, he He's seemingly doing the uh, genie things of staying besides uh, who are plays number six in this game, obviously Henderson. Uh, Tracking back in terms of off the ball, holding a double six position, which uh, Gini used to do. His pressing, we know when he's fit and he's on the ball, his pressing is phenomenal. So I think solid two games, clear role definition. He's played there, I would say, practically whole preseason. That's the role he's played. I think phenomenal performance from him, two games in a row. He just means we are, I think we are, there is nobody who doubts his skill. It's only, as you said, the minutes we need to put. Put in to cover uh, Genie's whatever Genie's standard contribution has been, but uh, in terms of a fitment into what Genie provided, I think Nabi straight away gone into that role and again curtailed some bits of his natural attacking instinct, but phenomenal off the ball, phenomenal in terms of pressing. Gags would obviously be being doing this and seeing this all over again, uh, but I think great fit and I think. In terms of the role definition, we have got it covered. What about you, Dave? I mean, Naby Keita, um, he impressed us a lot last season when he played. And, you know, a majority of our positive wins and results came before he came, became injured. And that's what we always kind of talk about. But two incredible games. I feel like, again, he was another one that is a bit of an unsung hero in this game. And, of course, the Klopp, um, the Klopp and the, you know, the Liverpool fans completely appreciated him, got, got a standing ovation. I thought he controlled that midfield really well today. And, it, you know, all the things that, you know, Shri just mentioned in terms of pressing, his defensive work, his discipline. I also saw him sometimes just doing what he usually does as well. And, you know, you, you know it is who he is, but, you know, taking the ball and dribbling, running at players. He just offers so much um, in terms of that midfield. Uh, so I'd like to get your thoughts on him because I think... This is the season where everyone's kind of looking at him because last season against Real Madrid, people were like curtains on his career. He's done. He was dreadful. Klopp subbed him off. That tells you everything you need to know. But here he is. Two games. He's had two very, very good games as well. It's worth noting. But it is just about keeping that player fit. And that's what I think we all want because the talent is there. Yeah, without a doubt. And that's what has been frustrating with his Liverpool career, hasn't it? You know, up until now. I th- I thought his career might be done with us because obviously he had that, you know, he was hooked from the Real Madrid game. You know, I think rather unfairly after that, he seemed to cop a bit of the blame for it and we didn't see him again. And it was yeah. like, oh, I wonder if Klopp's just sort of fallen out with him a bit. He's let him down. 
and, and so maybe he'll ship him out and you know he's just had enough with the the stop start nature to his career but it seems like you know he's been working behind the scenes making sure he's getting fit um and he looks brilliant and and on form fit Naby Keita is such a massive boost for that midfield he's he's just so good and like I say the only problem has been the injuries and when he's not been available for selection but he's such a different prospect to most of the other midfielders that we have he's got a great eye for a pass like you say he's pressing he's running with the ball I think in particular uh, is what stands out and and so yeah I just hope I'm touching wood here I just hope he can stay fit um, not everyone's no one's going to play all of the games but if he can just play the majority of the games this year that really will be like a new sign-in It really will because it has been a sort of stop-start season and seasons for him. And I think people just want, as soon as we get hooked on Naby Keita, you know, it's unfortunate that an injury comes and then it's that case of him finding his rhythm again for the first few games and then sort of starting again. It's just been so disruptive for him, um, you know, and nobody, you know, even even pundits kind of are like, this is a season where he needs to stay fit. It's not like he chooses to be injured people, you know, like it's actually quite unfortunate. So I think... There's going to be a lot and you've spoke about him in terms of what he's doing, you know, behind the scenes, trying to keep fit. And I think also the medical staff and, you know, Klopp and, you know, the coaching staff are, are aware of his circumstances. And it's just about managing him. And, you know, I like the shot from from Shri there as well, you know, like maybe him and Jones kind of share that responsibility, you know, and just kind of balance it between the two. If it looks like we're not going to get more recruitments, which we'll have to wait and see. There's still some time in the transfer window. Guys, you know, it's half time on the on the pod. I hope you're enjoying it. Uh, Klopp runs off for a little Siggy break at this point. I'm going to run off and get some snacks. Uh, stay tuned. Enjoy the ad. I will be back in a hot minute. Enjoying this podcast? Then why not supercharge your support for the Reds with Anfield Index Pro? With around 30 premium podcasts every month, AI Pro offers the very best reviews, reaction and debate on all things LFC. From the acclaimed statistics and deep dive analytics found in our Under Pressure podcast, to the transfer links, scouting reports and fast live reaction shows we record after every match, AI Pro is home to our very best content. With regular appearances by Reds legends like Jan Mulby and Sir Kenny Dalglish, plus insight from journalists, sports scientists, coaches and psychologists, We'll help bring you closer to the club you love. There's never been a better time to take AI Pro for a test drive. Available on all popular podcast platforms with free apps for iOS and Android. You can try it absolutely free with no strings attached. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com to start your seven-day free trial now. She's back. I hope you enjoyed that ad. Welcome back to the Nina Casa show. Second half kicking off. We're doing really well in the first half. Let's see if the second half lives up. Shree and Dave, you've been absolutely excellent. Um, before I carry on, we don't really have any callers, but Steve Pizza, being Steve Pizza, makes you know he's just joined us and he wants us to do a complete U-turn on ourselves. And he's asked a question. And because it's Steve Pizza and I like him a lot, I, I have a question. And... Um, it's about Elliot. So he wants to ask the panel and 
Shri, I come to you first on this one. What do you think of Elliot's true level at this point compared to any ex-Liverpool midfielder? Feel free to reject my question and say he's too young yet, Steve. I kind of want to say that. But Shri, I'm going to come to you. I mean, is there anyone that he kind of reminds you of or a void that he might fill? Um, uh, anything that comes to mind? You've compared him to Grealish, obviously, but obviously yeah. a Liverpool player. To be honest, <laughs> it's too early to know what could be his true level because for me at least I, I, considering what he did at Blackburn I thought he was going to be a wide option so the switch itself is like new so obviously you also have to see what is his level depending on what role he plays I would say uh, what he could have achieved in a wide position would be far different I think this position suits him better the game is in front of him he's not needing to I would not say he needs. He's not going to get into one-on-ones with his fullbacks, and all. I think this role suits him better. Uh, the immediate impression was, I would say, Grealish. That's why, because the way it's almost like I would say the ball is resembles almost like a kite on a thread, where he loses control and suddenly he tucks the kite back. Right? That's how his ball control. It almost feels out of control when he pulls it back. Uh, so that that's why I immediately the Grealish thing stuck me. I, just, I'm, I'm, just come in, and he says Coutinho, or a likeness to I, Coutinho. I think that's a good shout. Yeah, are we happy with that? I'd like to see one more set of pieces, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say Coutinho. Oh, sorry, 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 go ahead. No, I was going to say it would be Coutinho when he uses your, the opponent fullback as a shield to bend it around him. Then it becomes Coutinho. Till then, I'm going to. Yeah, I, I, I don't see the Coutinho thing either. To be honest, don't think it's very similar. I think maybe only size is why people make it look like that. Coutinho was was a little different. Um, yeah, way more shooting, and um, it was just a little different with him. But let's see, he could mould into it. But yeah, it's a little bit different. A little bit different. Coutinho's dribbling as well it was was like slalom, like unbelievable yep. at times. It was just step over after. Even when the ball runs, he keeps doing his step over one over the other. That's what he keeps. His ball carrying capabilities looks skill in terms of skill set looks very different to what Harvey would do. Exactly. What about I can't Louis see <laughs> Luis Garcia was good. You're gonna make me say something bad about Luis Garcia. <laughs> Listen, scored one against Lippin Gigi. Okay, and I know she's gonna mention it, so I might as well do it first. I think it's different, Garcia. It was, uh, you know, I don't know. We're gonna. It's too early to make comparisons. Why do we have to compare? He's Harvey Elliott, and you know what? That's that's a good thing. He's got his own skills, he's got his own qualities, and one thing he is, is super, super fit. Uh, played 40-odd games last year for Blackburn, and he got the 90 minutes today. So it tells you something, because Klopp takes you off normally, if he has any doubt, but the kid is, the, the kid is trusted immediately. And that, that is a big sign of confidence, you know. So, you know, I think he's, I think Shree said it earlier, I totally agree. I think he's already above Curtis in the in the list, you know. Um, but yeah, just just the way he plays, I think his decision making's already better. 
than um, than Curtis is. And I love Curtis. I think he's going to... But I think it comes with game time, and that's the difference. Curtis hasn't played 40 games in a season for anybody yet. So if Curtis can get that game time somewhere else for for one year, maybe two, I think we'll see a massive growth in Curtis Jones, and he'll become the ball of that. I trust that he will be one day. So you you're not you're not thinking that him and uh, thingy um, and Naby Keita could be a, a rotation kind of situation. I think Tiago and I think Tiago and Naby should rotate more often. To be honest, I don't think I think the dream midfield is to have Naby and Tiago together. But uh, honestly, I would rather for the benefit of the squad, mm. I would keep them both fit. By when we have really busy periods in between the Champions League week uh, weeks is by playing one each game. Mm. And when there's like two, three games in a week or whatever, you, you know, you get those stupid ones, just rotate them. Rotate them in the games and choose which way you want to play. Because I think what that does is it gives us both of them playing all season, doing crazy things, staying fit, staying fresh, and, you know, just being available to us. And that's what we all want is Naby being available and Thiago being available. I think we should play it that way rather than the other way. Hendo's there on the other side, you know, rotate him with, if we get, if we get a Saul in, then, you know, two spots are taken with Saul and Fab anyway. you got people fighting for the rest. And that's fine. That's fine by me because there's quality there to rotate. And you know, midfield is the most rotated position in, in the squad. So, yeah, I, th- I, I think, I think we should, we, yeah, we should be careful with Naby and, and, and Thiago and just make sure they play. One of them plays every week. We'll all be happy. I promise you. Uh, Nina, if I could just add in one small point about uh, Elliot. I think what Elliot offers from a... I'm not comparing them as players, but in terms of what they offer is... I think with a- Elliot playing, we we are we can still play 4-3-3, which wasn't the case, let's say, with Shakiri played. Shakiri almost forced us to play a double pivot and move to a say a four two three one. I think in terms of skill set, we are still able to use some kind of a similar skill set player, but still continue our favored four three three. I think that's the biggest option it offers with respect to Shakiri. And you've got the size reference in as well, small and you know. Not yet a cube though. <laughs> not a cube. He's not a cube. Right, guys, I, I think we've answered that, Steve. So basically, um, uh, the the vibe from the panel is he's too young yet, but he's definitely an exciting player and, you know, watch this space with him. Guys, um, let's kind of move on. This pod is a little bit everywhere. Dave, I'm going to come to you. I mean, let's talk about Jota. Two games, two goals, uh, gets a goal right in front of the cop. You know, it was a nice little introduction for him as well. Of course, that was the um, first time he was playing in front of a full cop. Gets a goal. Of course, we spoke about Kostas. Great, great assist. I mean, that guy, I mean, again, last season, you know, he was really exciting. He became injured. But it is so nice. And I love Roberto Firmino. But it's so refreshing to know that we actually have another option now. And he looks really, really deadly. And again, he had a bit of an aggressive streak in him as well, you know, fighting with Barnes and everything. I like it. Yeah, he's a gnarly little fucker, isn't he? <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> you know, he's, 
you're always going to get kicked around today. And I, I think just that physicality of Burnley, I, I was a little bit surprised. You know, Bobby, you know, he's got silky skills, but he's still you know, very, very strong, isn't he? And, and so putting Jota there, again, was a little bit of a surprise to me. But I thought he did really well. And, and the movement for that goal, I thought, was fantastic. Burnley defenders just lost him. Uh, and so getting in front of them there, it, it, he's... I don't know how he's necessarily performing, you know, compared to, you know, his pre kind of Liverpool career. But I mean, he continues to defy expectations. He's just so much better than what I thought he was going to be. And the fact that obviously we saw in the summer that Ronaldo uh, and him don't get along, I, I think, you know, only heightens my love of him. So, yeah, I thought he got plenty of kicks. But what he does is he just gets back up. You know, he might leave his foot in a little bit there a bit later, you know, get a little bit of retribution. And, and yeah, I just, I think he's a fantastic little player and another one that just defies expectations. He really does. I mean, what have you made of him so far, Shri? Uh, you know, two goals um, in back-to-back games. He looks really threatening. I love the fact that we are in a position now where we can kind of give, you know, the likes of, Roberto for me in a bit of a rest because he's at that age now where he is going to regress. I think we have to accept the inevitability of players aging. So it's good to have this guy on. For me, he looks really threatening. He looks really alert. That header for me was just great. You know, just finds the target. And I've, that's one thing that really assures me about him is the fact that when he's in front of goal, I really, really, really do fancy him. As for, you know, sometimes last season, I felt like maybe we were a bit wasteful. We were kind of not being a bit cutthroat with our chances, which is why for a majority of last season. I shouldn't bring up last season because it was such a messed up season. But we looked, I don't know, sometimes we could be guilty of being wasteful. Yeah, I, I think his finishing is elite. Uh, there's no doubt. It's, it's literally every shot is on target. Yes. If not the goal, is finishing. And his movement, I, I think Dave also made the point, his movement was phenomenal for the first goal. So he... he the way he kept moving, as the ball kept moving, he he was first between, I think, Taylor and Tarkovsky when the ball went near Simikas. And when Simikas got on the ball, he immediately went in between the two centre-backs. Obviously, me what was caught square. He didn't see him coming at all. So, and his, for his size, at least, his heading capability is amazing. So, I think he offers a great option. Obviously, not everything what Firmino can do. But I think last couple of games, we have again seen him drop deeper which allows Mane and Salah to make the overrunning uh, run from wide to in. So I think he's doing some of the things. Obviously, he cannot... There's only one Roberto Firmino. Let's make that very clear, at least at, in terms of what we have used him as. But I think phenomenal finisher. I think even if you're bringing him in late on, let's say even Firmino starts, you give him 15 minutes, there's there's no reason why he won't score. Get him a chance. It's almost like get he, he has one chance, one and a half chances a game and he scores. So I think there's no reason he cannot score 20 goals. That's the number I'm looking at for him in terms no of getting pressure. 20 goals. Yeah, he, he, that's what He basically needs what I would say could be unsustainable, I know, in terms of finishing. But his finishing is so good. Give him 30-35 chances, I think he scores 15 to 20. Nice. Okay, Shri, I'm uh, really excited about that one. Another one that needs to stay fit as well, because I think, you know, we we kind of really missed him last season. Shri, I'm going to stick with you. Talk to me about the second goal. What a lovely team goal. 
and you know we speak about Virgil van Dijk and we spoke about him and Dave will testify to this because we kept saying this on the pod not only do you miss Virgil van Dijk as a defender but what he offers in terms of attack you know for me last season we looked slow we looked you know non-responsive um you know it, it was, you know, there was no creativity and we were kind of looking at the fullbacks like, why aren't you crossing, why are you crossing? We kind of forgot the fact that, you know, Virgil van Dijk and his diagonal passes and just his vision to find the front three or anyone in an, in an attacking option. That goal, please talk to me about it. Phenomenal goal, phenomenal goal. Obviously, a lot of passes, but it, the whole move kick starts with van Dijk's distribution. I think van Dijk, as you said, not only... As an individual, it's a great defender. What he contributes to the team is phenomenal. Obviously, the high line comes... As well, you know, like we missed him last season in set pieces. Correct, absolutely. But in terms of defending one, he sets the high line, obviously. And if you see the coordination of the line, is like we caught them offsides a lot of times, though they were high. There were easily a couple of... There was one headed on chance, was it, where Ashley, Ashley Burns was offside, where uh, Ali made a big save. Uh, I think that was so holding the line that makes the midfield and the defense compact. The whole, you could say it's uh, it's a trapezoid. I for the lack of better shape, I can think the midfield and the defending trapezoid line keeps moving up and down. The move starts with this distribution. I think he brings in tempo. A lot of time we played in front of the opposition, gave them opportunity, and with Burnley they are going to sit back. So the faster you play, you need to attack them before they settle into their deep block positioning so you need to either move it really fast or move it quick in terms of side to side so obviously the move starts with him phenomenal run by Trent but that's what I said before like the uh, I know Trent does it often but the player which reminds me often is Cancelo he makes the typical he starts at the right back he comes infield midfield Tarkovsky attacks him the ding takes the ball over and Imagine for a low block team, Mane was by himself in the box, you could say practically. The space which opened, just the speed of the moves. Van Dyke to, was it Harvey Elliott? I think, yeah, Harvey Elliott. Single touch, incoming run from Trent, dinks the ball over Tarkovsky. Open box and Mane, it's almost like Mane needs a Burnley, like Salah won't score against Burnley, so Mane needs to score and phenomenal finish. I think overall, great team goal. There was few passes before, but whole move gets kick-started with Van Dyke's cross-field pass to Elliot. It was just wonderful, wasn't it, Dave? I mean, I love those kind of goals. And for me, you know what? Um, uh, you know, Sadio Mane, of course, on the end of it. But, you know, a bit of a, you know, a, bit of a contrast in terms of the, the game, in terms of Jota gets, you know, he just needs one chance and he will get it on target. For me, Sadio Mane was warming up to that goal. Because he, you know, he had a few before that where, you know, like, oh, he shinned it or the header, the, the connection wasn't great. He also had that moment where he could have squared it to Salah and didn't. You know, so he's one of them that has to kind of warm up. And it was great to see him score because now the front four have all scored. Yeah. Oh, no, it's absolutely brilliant. And we were discussing last season, weren't we? Like, like what's happened to Sadio? He was so clinical for a long time for us and then seemed to you know, really go off the boil in a spectacular way. And I think he could have quite easily had a hat-trick today. Uh, but what an absolutely beautiful goal to, to score to, you know, to, to kind of break your duck for the season. I think, you know, I, I'm going to be watching this goal many more times, I can tell you, over the next, uh, at least this season. You know, that ball out from Van Dyke was great, but Elliot had to control it on his chest. He brings it down. 
outside of the left foot, you know, perfectly into Trent. And then Trent, little dink, just bends it around the defender right into Sadio's path. And he just buries it first time. I, I don't want to call goal of the season yet, <laughs> but it was such a great, great team goal. And, and everyone contributed massively to it. So I, I think... I, I did see somewhere it might have been on Discord that uh, Sadio was talking to a psychologist to try and figure out what's going on there. I don't, I don't know whether that was speculation or not, but definitely I think that'll be a weight off his shoulders to get him off the mark, um, and hopefully we start to see more of the old Sadio because his contribution to the team I don't think has ever been in doubt. It's just that clinical, uh, that confidence of just finishing first time. It, it just seemed to disappear a bit last year. Hopefully we see more of that. Yeah, you've got a bit of a warm-up there. And it's also worth noting as well against Norwich, although he wasn't on the score sheet, he had a really, really good game, you know? And it was good to see him just being that annoying little menace, which we all know that he is, and it was great to see him score. I mean, we, we speak an awful lot about the attack and stuff, and, you know, I think the attack have been pretty phenomenal. And, um, Dave, I'm going to stick to you. Can we please speak? Uh, I mean, this pod is a little bit everywhere because it would not be me if this pod was not everywhere. But I'm looking at Alison Becker, and I'm thinking you produce so many crucial saves. He did it last week, uh, you know, where it looked like he was playing volleyball in one instance. And again today, you know, really alert. And I think. You know, he's one of those goalkeepers. And, you know, I remember like when Manuel Neuer was the best keeper in the world and everyone used to talk about him. But because he had very little to do in a majority of Bayern Munich games, that when something happened later on, you'd find that his concentration wasn't on and he wasn't switched on and he might concede a goal. And that's one thing I love about Alison Becker. He just looks really sharp. It looks like we've got that player back from the title winning season season before obviously COVID happened. Yeah, I I think he's the best Liverpool keeper I've seen in my lifetime. I, I can't quite remember watching Ray Clements play, uh, but since then Becker's definitely the, the top for me. And the difference is he can do nothing for 89 minutes and then pull off a wonder save. That is the difference for me between... Because he does lunges, you know. He doesn't... <laughs> he doesn't honest, I've seen him at Anfield. We're playing Brighton. It's such an easy game. And, you know, one of those games where you're just cruising 4-0. I'm watching him. He's doing lunges in his, in his, in his box. <laughs> whatever works, whatever he is doing, I hope he carries on doing it. Because, like I say, there's been a lot of very good keepers... But it's that concentration and it's just that one mistake. And every time we needed him today, he's just stepped up. And, you know, for as long as he's playing, I think it's going to be difficult for me not to think of that West Brom goal last year with the Rocky music blurring out. (laughs) He's just such a legend, isn't he? And, you know, for as dominant as I think we were in that second half... We did let them have a few chances. Yes. And he really did have to, you know, pull off a few saves there. There was one that was offside as well. That, um, you know, still a great save. So even when they were offside, there was, uh, there was another one when someone kind of wriggled through and, and ended up one-on-one again called offside, but he just got the ball off them anyway. So, no, I thought he was really good. I think on a different day, it could have been one of those frustrating games. And we could have easily lost that with the chances that we gave away and the the saves that Becker had to make 
I, I think it, it could have been, you know, we'd have been unlucky, I think, to for the results to turn around. But it's a really strange one, I think, because I think we did play really well, but just switched off a, a few times at the back there. We did, absolutely. And Shri talked to me about Alison Becker. Another thing I kind of noticed in his game as well was he was trying to use his feet because I think he got a lot of criticism last last season that he doesn't look good with his feet anymore. What's going on with him? His distribution looks a bit off, but he was really trying to use his footwork. And, you know, um, I, I mean, talk to me about Alison Becker and just those crucial saves because I think, you know, just to have Alison Becker back to what he was is just huge. You know, we need that because last season it was, you know, it was a tough season for him on a personal level. And, you know, you have to take all that into account. But to see him just that sharp and that fresh again, it it must instill a lot of confidence in the team, in just within the crowd and everything. And us watching and talking about him. Yeah, I, I think him needing to use his footwork or, or is also a byproduct of the higher line, which means he starts higher. So he's going to sweep up anything just outside the box where he can't obviously handle the ball. So obviously he's look. I noticed this in the last game as well. But in terms of his keeping, let's talk. That's what he's his one-on-one defending is like world class. I I don't think anybody is close to it in terms of like people talk about Ederson. Ederson's one-on-one is horrible. I think that's his biggest weakness. Uh, I know we are diverging, but in terms of Alisson's one-on-one capability, like how many times have we seen it? Obviously, nobody's going to forget the Napoli save. Uh, we saw it last week. It was like I was putting it on the under-pressure group where it seemed the XG was 0.99 or something like that for the Norwich chance. Uh, I think uh, on a slight different note, it's slightly... Uh, I wouldn't say worrying, but something coincident that both games last 10 minutes, we have almost seemed to tank off. And big chances have come in in the last 10 minutes. Uh, but Alison Becker, phenomenal, phenomenal. One-on-one, I'm not going to bank on anyone except Alison. He's the world's best, I would say, in terms of one-on-one keeping, at least at this moment. And obviously, his, uh, his uh, positioning also in terms of the highest starting position also helps us sweep the ball, retain the ball. Keep the move going because obviously we are not going to stop the move. He's going to clear the ball. We are keeping the ball. I think his everything contributes in terms. Of, I think that's also a byproduct of Van Dyke. I said, as I said, him playing affects our game fully in terms of all players ahead of him improve. Play. I I wouldn't say Allison improves, but we are making better use of what Allison can provide. So all in all, phenomenal two games in a row. High quality chances. I think Gags posted it somewhere, which was that the last chance it was itself was half of the total XG for Burnley. I think Gags posted it somewhere, or someone else posted. Great, great one-on-one, amazing. Yeah, I think Lubos come in as well, saying Allison's one-on-one goalkeeping has improved significantly too. So yeah, very much in agreement with you, Ashley. You kind of mentioned that. I mean. For me, um, uh, I won't be satisfied with Alice until it's the last game of the season. The title depends on it. And he, um, you know, I don't know, scores an overhead kick with his shin, you know, or something. And he seals and bags the title because that is the level of expectation I have on him now after what he did last season. (laughs) You know, literally... No pressure. I love the fact that it was, you know, not only the goal of the season, but the moment of the season. A little put it in win, win, win the league. You know, like it just completely over, overpowered everything. I mean, he's incredible. I, I adore him. And it's so good that Liverpool, 
it's so good. It's so incredible that Liverpool actually have this world-class goalkeeper. It just kind of suits and fits everything what is going on with this team. And I think the defence really, really enjoy playing with that kind of keeper as well because, you know, you've got players like, you know, Virgil van Dijk who likes to play a high line as well. And I think last season that was a bit of a conundrum for us, wasn't it, in terms of he was playing with very different defenders who liked to sit on top of the goalkeeper and everything was quite chaotic and problematic. But, you know, they saw it through and you've got to give them credit for, you know, the makeshift defence that actually came in. But I think as a as a system and as a unit, this is probably best suited to how we want to play. And there's a bit of an urgency in, in our attack as well, because we all know Alisson can ping a ball as well. Guys, I mean... Yeah, just one thing if I could add. I think what helps Alisson, uh, uh, at least this is something because uh, you know... Uh, Nina, I personally favor watching goalkeepers a lot. His decision-making in tight positions has improved hugely. I I would say it's a combination of decision-making and, what would I say, calmness or his, his ability to think in those tight situations because his, he almost seems like two times as big in terms of one-on-one chances. It's like... Today, if you notice, he almost anticipated the ball going slightly wider in that one-on-one chance because he approached straight at the player and he almost sensed that the, he was going to attack towards his left hand and he still was able to stretch and make a block. It's his anticipation, his ability to think. He's going down, but he's still thinking, he's still watching. His split-second decision till the last second, I think, uh, I think that has one improved. And also that he was world-class now, I would say, in terms of, I would say he's elite in one-on-one defence. You know what, Shri? Um, I think you've got an agenda on this part. You're trying to dis- um, dismantle Gigi Buffon as my all-time favourite goalkeeper ever. You know, this nah, is... No, nah, he is number one. <laughs> no, no, no. We never, we never displace Gigi. There's, there's, we don't do that at all. He's, he, he's playing, he's 80 years old, he's playing for Parma, so... He's playing, yeah, he's still playing, you know. So we, we don't diss Gigi here, absolutely not. Absolutely not. There you go. I'm glad. I'm glad we're on 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 the same in that regard, guys. Um, is is there anything you kind of want to talk about or discuss? I mean, I think maybe we should talk about Trent. Uh, we you know we get we we bigged up one fullback. I think let's talk about the other one again. You know, gets the assist, and I think he's been incredible. Um, Dave, what what do you make of Trent? Because uh, you know uh, he had that injury. He missed the Euros. Um, I thought he was really good. You know. I thought he was, um, uh, you know, impressive last game, but really, really good today. Like, incredible. I don't have the numbers or the stats or anything that he kind of produced. I'm sure Gads will have them on, under pressure, and I'm sure Shui will indulge us as well. But for me, he looks like the player that we had post-COVID. Because I, I, I deal with COVID as just a completely what-the-hell kind of moment in terms of everything. Because last season, he looked a bit off to me as well. Yeah, he he started off quite uh, poorly, didn't he? But we were saying, well, has he actually recovered from COVID? He he just looked off. And Mm. then there was that whole weird chapter last year where actually he was coming back into form and he was playing really well. And then Southgate decided to make a statement and drop him and whatever and looked a bit of a tool, to be honest. Um, Yeah, no, really quite happy that he didn't go with England, to be honest. In the end, yeah. obviously, gutted for the lad. But uh, I think for us, the fact that he, he had that time out, I know he was recuperating and everything, but I think it was, it's just good to be out of that uh, England bubble. 
And I think he's come back. He looks. He, he started off really well. He looks like that Rolls Royce that we that we know he is. His distribution's great. This myth around him defending. He had a bit of a hard time in the first half, but I think you know that's that's not because he was playing badly. He was just being targeted. I think. Um, so yeah, I, I thought he looked really great. As I mentioned, that that assist for Mane was just beautiful. Just the the awareness to just bend the ball around and and the weight of it to get to Mane was just fantastic. And so yeah, I I think he's he's started the season well. I just hope he can keep fit because obviously he got a bit of a knock right at the end there, didn't he? And so I, I don't know if that's going to be a thing, but hopefully it's nothing and and he just carries on. Absolutely. And what about you, Shri? I mean, what do you make of Trent so far? He looks like the player that, you know, we all, you know, love, respect and admire. And, um, you know, it'll be very interesting because actually, yeah, Shri, uh, talk to me about um, uh, just what you make of uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold and potentially, you know, the, the cover on the right-hand side as well, because we've spoke about Kostas and he, he could be really great for Robbo in terms of, you know, you've got somebody that you can kind of trust. I mean, I don't really look on the right-hand side and, and see anyone that could fill. Yeah, I think first thing, obviously, full pre-season has helped. He's not gone to England. I mean, imagine going there and playing as a backup to Trippier. I mean, I, I would hang my head in shame. But yeah, let's not talk about England. Have you seen how shredded the boy looks? <laughs> yeah, but full pre-season, obviously, he looks... He looks what he did in 2019. But I think the key with Trent is how many people are running games from right back. I mean, leave alone his age. Okay, to do it at his age is something else. But imagine, you could say he defines how we play. And that is the problem in terms of right back uh, backups. Because with Simikas, we can practically play the same way. But I'm not saying you say you put in Neko Williams. Neko Williams will function as a right back, but obviously the, it's almost like playing James Miller or left back. Uh, I'm not comparing them as players, but how we play totally changes. We can't play at the tempo. The full back to full back passes are out of the game. Obviously, his his third man movement is off. Obviously, which we we have seen have seen in both games. That's something which has come in. We have gotten a number of the move Cancelo makes or Dallas used to make last season for Leeds when he used to play left back. That seems to be, a, I think, uh, he defines how he plays. So, it's going to be a problem. It's it's not practical to find another trend. So, it's going to be something interesting to see how we play. Uh, if we even give him a rest, let's not talk about the negative things. But even when he, he obviously yeah. needs rest. Uh, mm-hmm. So, when he rests, it's going to be interesting to see how we function. That we practically will need to put an attacker at right back and have, say, someone like Milner and Hendo literally shadow the right back. Which which was the problem we had in the first half. He got skinned because there was no midfield cover for him. And it's, and it also helped... Do, it. Uh, do, you make, Ox, do you think Ox could do it? Ox could Ox could do it, but I, I, like I see Ox more... I don't see him as uh, in terms of... Cre- I, I'm not seeing him maybe in terms of an option to create from deep. Obviously, Ox could function the role. He could do the lung busting runs. He can cut in. And getting into the 8th and 10th position, that's his natural preferred position in terms of midfield. So, Ox could do it, but we have not tried it. So, if if, if we thought he was an option, we would have maybe tried it. Or maybe we didn't want to try it. He's just now got fit. Makes no sense to put him in right back. Right. So, maybe that's the reason. But I was thinking if he's indeed an option, we would have tried. And that's the worry. I don't 
think we have explored options in terms of who would play when Trent is rested. I'm not seeing us trying. Maybe Klopp, obviously Klopp knows his plans, but that's something we have not seen on the pitch yet. Very interesting, you know, um, to see how that one pans out. Um, guys, is there anything you want to kind of discuss that we've not talked about? Something that you need to kind of get off your chest? Dave, you know this pod was our therapy last season. <laughs> you just had to talk it out, get it out of your system and move on to the next game, which was exactly 24 hours later because that was how the season felt. And you joined me for a majority of that. Is there anything from the game that you kind of feel needs highlighting or bringing up um you know we did a lot of whinging last season about the officials and var and stuff and yeah. you know, the lines were back out again <laughs> uh, oh, yeah go dave ahead. go on no i was going to say we need to talk about mike d i mean how yeah. did the game end without i i think we didn't have any cards right i i don't recollect at least still what i recollect a card i mean I, I mean there was a guy qualifying for Paris Olympics three years in advance for judo. We didn't get a card there. So we let's be clear. We know what Burnley do, right? Burnley are like your bad medicine. You know how bad it is, but you still need to deal with it. But I mean, to get away the whole game without a card when there is a guy making judo tackles. I think Jota got taken off when there was ball was nowhere near him. Yeah. Like he was in the box. There was one tackle. Maybe he was not influencing play, but I mean, why do you need to make such a tackle there at all? Um, yeah, one thing is to keep the game going as it is, but we had so many stop starts in the first 60 minutes in terms of the fouls. If you had so many fouls, how do you get away a game without a card? Is, is, are we saying everything was a small foul, so you can make 25 fouls? I, I don't understand the logic how the game ended without cards. I mean, it's a good thing, but this was not the game for it. Yeah, I mean, Dave, um, I'd like to get your points on anything you'd like to share from the game as well, because from last season where everything was, you know, a foul or a booking, you know, from being overly cautious to just, you know, going gung-ho, I mean, I'd like to get your thoughts on that. And I know you like to have a good talk about referees. And if there's anything you want to share from the game as well, you know, get it off your chest, as I say. Well, I think I think the first thing is this summer, it is the first summer in my life where I've just ignored all the transfer rumors, all the gossip, all the where where are uh, where's Mbappe, <laughs> you know, and yeah. all these nonsense. Good for you, mental health, you know, to take a time out. Yeah, you, you know the uh, you know the cartoon dog who's just sat there at the table and while there's fire going on all around him. I have seen that gift. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yes, <laughs> that's been me. So even though I, I think Salah's goal was rightly called offside, but just still frustrating because I thought it was a great goal. Would have been a great assist for Harvey Elliott as well. Mike Dean was starting to piss me off, though, in this match. When Jota got taken out, when the ball was nowhere near, I'm like, how can you do that? I know it would be a soft penalty because the ball was nowhere near, but you can't just take someone out like that. And I think the other thing that I was perplexed by, go back, you know, 20 years or whatever, and the perfect tackle is a full-blooded one where you can win the ball first and then take the man out and make sure, you know, you, you, you leave something on them. That that used to be the saying that it was. Now, mm. you can't go to ground and out of control, you know, two-footed or even one-footed because it's dangerous play. So you've seen players get booked for that. You've seen them get sent off for that. Burnley today just seemed to get away with all of that. There's some really dangerous tackles that were flying in. And nothing was picked up, not even a booking. 
So I'm just at a bit of a loss now. You know, we're still very early in the season and we'll wait to see how things uh, evolve. But I, I'm starting to see if, if it's going to be like today, then it's going to be back to more like the old days where you can throw in those full-blooded tackles. But I've got a feeling that it probably won't be that. You know, we'll see some other people get sent off for these out of control, so-called out of control challenges where they don't even necessarily touch the man, but because it's out of control, they get sent off. Uh, but yeah, Mike Dean just doesn't seem to... I've seen him have worse games against us, to be fair, but he, he doesn't seem to give us a lot, does he? Um, but rather than just moaning about referees, I want to finish on something positive because last season, obviously, we were decimated in the centre-back position and one of the frustrations was Matip because you know when he comes back, he looks so great and then he limps off halfway through the first half or something like that. And I'm, I remember saying at the time, you know what, I'm done. We need players that we can rely on. But I was so happy today, to be honest, to just see how we played. Obviously, Van Dijk is always going to get most of the attention. But I thought Matip, again, just looked classy at the back. He looked like that calming influence. And again, against Burnley, it's always going to be a physical challenge. But I thought he did pretty much everything right. And I think he, he's... I, I've got so much confidence in that partnership. And like I say, it was a bit odd. Obviously, we, we let a couple of chances go um, where Alisson had to step up. But I, I'm hopeful that Matip, as well as Naby, can stay most of the season injury-free. And that, that will be a wonderful thing. It will be. It will be. And uh, Dell's just kind of highlighted there as well in terms of, um, you know, uh, the blatant diving as well from Burnley. Uh, I think it was in the first half as well when he just went down on absolutely nothing. I can't remember the player's name, but, you know, it's a narrative that's always pushed around for foreign players. But, you know, nothing yeah, gets made of it. If you're English, you know, uh, you get away with it. You do. Just like, um, uh, you know... Yeah, absolutely intelligent. He's being smart. And I saw that as well being pushed around as well during the Euros against the, you know, um, uh, against, you know, for in, in, in defense of, uh, of, of Harry Kane, which is, um, it's quite laughable. Um, but anyway, we'll move on from that. Um, guys, um, is that pretty much it? Should we go to man of the match? And, um, uh, let's see if you've got any hits to shout. So I'm really intrigued about this one. And spoiler alert, sorry, Shri, to disappoint you, but I can't say Roberta Firmino because I know that's a long-standing joke between you and I. Part do it. Not for 10 minutes. So, Shri, I'll come to you first. Who was your man of the match today? I'm hoping you got a bit hipster on me today, but we'll see. Simikas. I like it. Just... I think I think his cross cross for the first one was great. Obviously, as I said, Jota's movement made it. He picked the right cross, phenomenal. And as Dave rightly said, he has his own robo movement where he was on the floor scrolling. It was it was almost the ball was there. It was not there. Then he almost produced the ball again. So I think, uh, considering the fact that Robo could be playing the next game, uh, I think Simikas man of the match definitely. Two good games, and I think him, Naby Keita and Alison Becker close, but Alison Becker, considering he practically came into the game in the last ten minutes, and, and Naby Keita did the great job, but considering contribution towards the goal, I would say Simikas. I like it. I like it. That is a bit hipster. And what about you, Dave? Who impressed you today? So I, th- I think all of the starters impressed me. I, th- I thought all of them, uh, to differing degrees, had had 
moments in the game and, and looked pretty solid throughout. Um, but I think I'm going to go for Simicast as well. Mm. Just in terms of where my expectations were, I thought we'd have a little bit of a drop-off from Robbo, and we didn't. We didn't at all. And that that cross for Yotta's first, you know, that was... It was a peach, wasn't it? You couldn't improve mm. on that. And then, mm. again, just I, I think I might, I, I'll have to digest this a bit more, but I think I might have just fallen in love with him myself. You know, just that moment, I'm going to watch that again and again. I'm pretty sure it's going to be one of those reoccurring things that's shown on Twitter, you know, that just flashes up on your timeline where he's fighting for the ball. And, you know, you've got those Burnley shit houses trying to chop him down and whatever and he's just there for the fight and ends up winning it and uh passing it back so no Simicast really great performance um but there's a lot of contenders today and that, that's something we couldn't say every game last season see could and i'm pretty sure we gave up a man of the match at some point in the season as well dear. We, just, we just can't do it you know it's just awful but yeah i think jimmy cast is a great shout it's nice that you know a player that's coming all eyes were on him big shoes to fill and he kind of filled them in his own way and there wasn't a drop off in quality and that is something that you want in that's what a challenging squad is all about you know the fact that you've got these players that can come in and do the job and I hope we see a lot more of him. But yeah, Simicast gets my man of the match. Guys, if you're listening, let us know who your man of the match was. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, uh, you know, any other shouts? I know Sky Sports gave it to Trent and rightly so. You know, but for me, Trent is just Trent Alexander-Arnold. And we already know that boy is world-class. Like, he's ridiculous. So I want to give it to somebody that wouldn't usually get man of the match, which is why I enjoyed giving it to Nat Phillips once last season as well you know so just those little rare occasions so yeah Timmy Cass is the man of the match he's won the panel over here right guys that is the end of this Nina Cows show a massive thank you to everyone that joined us live gags for calling and you know people posting their questions and you know just being really interactive and joining us live we really appreciate it would not be a show without you and of course it would not be a show without my two excellent panelists. But before I let them go, I am going to let them do some plugs so where you can find them on Twitter because they are both excellent followers. Dave, I will come to you first. What are you working on and where can people find you on Twitter? So uh, podcast-wise, you can get me at Comics in Motion. We do the TV and movies based on comics there. We do the VHS Strikes Back where we look at more retro-type movies. Uh, we did The Exorcist, which is going to come out this uh, this Wednesday, so that was interesting. Um, you can also get me at Chris and Dave's Reality TV Cast. Uh, currently, we're actually covering Love Island there, which uh, usually results in me getting a fair bit of abuse, but uh, it is actually a good laugh to just go on there and take the piss out of these people. Uh, Twitter-wise, I think I think the last time I probably was something different, so now you can get me at Seattle Dojos um, on Twitter. I'm not going to lie, your Twitter no. handle threw me off. Um, the, it will be linked in the in the tweet, but yeah, it threw me off when you changed it. You know, no warning, no notice, you know? But yeah, do follow him. He's awesome. And what about you, Shree? What are you working on? And where can people find you on Twitter? Yeah, so after, I would say, what, 12 to 18 months, uh, I came on a pod a week or two ago. The triple sub pod came back uh, with my good friends, uh, Kalen and... Leroy, hello, 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 needs to be said. And uh, obviously, you can find me on Twitter at Srikanbala or you can search for Ted Lasso, 
gifs, gifs, or however you want to call it, you should find some of my tweets there. And once again, give Sri a follow, and it's great to see the 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 Anfield Index trio. You know, you know, Mane, Salah, and Firmino. Who you three are the OG? So yeah, give them a follow. Listen to that pod; it is excellent. Guys, uh, nothing much from me. I mean, I think, you know, I'll probably do your own decision once the Champions League uh, draw is done and, you know, we can get a reaction pod on that. But there's so much great content on, on Anfield Index and on Anfield Index Pro to keep you busy and active. So do check that out. There's going to be some great shows like Under Pressure, you know, AI Scouted. There's going to be the Raw Pod as well. Uh, you know, just loads and loads of great content coming your way. Before I go, I want to just give a quick birthday shout out to two incredible guests, um, guys from the Under Pressure podcast who are birthday twins. Um, so, um, uh, you know, um, Dan Rhodes and um, uh, Phil Bartz, happy birthday. I hope you both have an incredible day and I hope you enjoyed those three points. Guys, the rest of you, enjoy your weekend. Thank you so much for listening. Take care. Till next time. Up the Reds. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24 7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com.